I'm just reminded I've promised to take my young ward, Dick Grayson, fishing, if you'll excuse me. Biff, bam, pow, let's take a trip down to Batman land. There's a problem. Better let us handle this. When I'm not patrolling the streets, blurring the lines of legality and vigilantism, I'm Nick. I don't know who he is behind that mask of his, but I do know when we need him. It's Batman! We need him now. I'm an editor at SBS Online, and I'm joined as always, well, we shuffle the host around a little bit on this show. Let's go! Catwoman, my cat, <laughs> so creepy. <laughs> what? <laughs> the Batman Land Catwoman, the, ba- the podcast Catwoman, Fiona. Hi, thanks for that. And we're joined by a special guest, SBS channel manager, Ben Nguyen. I haven't come up with a, um, a nom de pod for you. Ooh. But it's Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Bat Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't take you long. Actually, it took you longer than I thought. <laughs> Can I just say that I've been waiting for this call up. My compatriot, my fellow programmer, John Bohm, who looks after SBS Viceland, has now been on two podcasts with you guys. Oh. And, uh, and it's taken a little while... For the manager of what we like to call here at SBS the main channel <laughs> to get the call up. Um, not that I'm relying on you for validation or <laughs> not at all. Anything. But, uh, but I'm be, very pleased. I'm very pleased. Well, to be it's here. great to have you here, Ben Nguyen. Thank you. To be fair, I have wanted you on for a long time, um, but Fiona keeps saying, <laughs> "Who?" That's what she Never heard of him. Never heard of him. I had to lobby for this role. I think is fair to say. Um, and I brought along a few little little items um, because what works fantastically well, I'm sure, in podcast land is uh, prop comedy. Yes. Visual props go over great in audio land. So to, to show my dedication to the bat, I am uh, dressed in my best bat pyjamas. Never looked better. I've, I've got myself a, a little uh, Batman blankie and uh, my... Um, Gotham Guardian mugs. I'll be sipping coffee through the podcast. Um, that looks like it's a Batman Begins mug. I believe it is. I believe it is a Batman Begins because it's most of this mug is taken up with a train. Yeah. Because when people think Batman, they think trains. They think public transport. So uh, this, this is mugs dedicated to Great Gotham um, Railway journeys. <laughs> <laughs> That's the uh, the link back to SBS TV main <laughs> channel. It's fantastic work there. That stuff looks like it's fitting you pretty well. Does that mean that it, you've you bought it recently or as an adult? It was uh, gifted to me. Okay. It's uh, it's relatively recent. It's not. Yeah, you're right. It's not kids' pajamas. You didn't I squeeze yourself I into some. I haven't raided uh, my my son's drawer <laughs> in aid of uh, impressing you. <laughs> No, I've... He's um, got his own set, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, we appreciate that you dressed up for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, thank you. We really do. Let's get into this week's episodes, shall yeah, we? Yeah, so the episodes for this week are A Riddle a Day Keeps the Riddler Away, and then its companion is When the Rat's Away, the Mice Will Play. Will they ever? I'll give a little quick synopsis, Please. a little recap of these Go two these episodes. In this week's episodes, Batman's quizzical nemesis, the Riddler, reappears with a dastardly plot to kidnap a visiting dignitary, steal a beauty queen's tiara, blow up a monument, and in the process, kill the dynamic duo. So... 
it's quite a villainous death plot that's going on in this one. Um, so bad. And it's a puzzling couple of episodes. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> How do you really I like, feel, Benjamin? I like that one. Thank puzzling. you. Get it? Yeah. Yeah. So what do we think? I, I was um, certainly impressed with uh, our Riddler's maniacal laugh. Mm. Yeah. I think they, they worked that well on this show. Every good villain needs one. Yeah. There was a lot of that. I think riddles are fun to solve. So, you know, this, this is sort of like the, the TV equivalent of doing a crossword puzzle, <laughs> I feel. Well, I mean, everyone jumps in. If Once the riddle comes on, you set to work to try and solve it yourself. Do you think that um, Frank Gorshin feels like he's on the verge of an aneurysm every time he does that laugh? I'm worried he's going to pass out. Yeah. It's very intense. Yeah. I think he takes it to the brink. And I've got a question about the Riddler. Does he have a secret identity? Why does he need the mask? What purpose <laughs> does the mask serve? That's he, a good question. He, he takes it on and off through the, the episode. He's not constantly masked. Is it is it merely because there's bags under his eyes he wants to conceal? <laughs> it's been up all night riddling. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he, he's, he does have a lax attitude to maintaining the, the identity. Maybe just to offset all the green. Probably yeah. needs a bit of purple to... Oh, well, it does that well. in colour, yeah. Um, now, in this episode, we have King Boris from Parts Unknown. He never really specifies what his origins are. He's an old silent uh, film actor. Mm-hmm. Reginald Denny. Yeah, Reginald Denny. And I looked him up, and so he's been in a million movies. And Reginald Denny is also the name of the trucker who got beaten up in the 92 L.A. race riots. Whoa. Which lends a bit of seriousness to this episode. Mm. I sort of read a lens of that through this <laughs> This episode. Well, there is, <laughs> the, the city was under threat. There is a bomb plot, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it sort of goes to some dark places. My favourite part is the pro-immigration, anti-Trump screed <laughs> that Batman and Robin engage in as they're walking up the building. Mm. Mm, that was an important one. Gee, Batman, I never thought of that. You're right. It's the very essence of our democracy. Yeah, democracy depends on people being allowed to come in and out of the country. Yeah, yeah. I, I sort of didn't realise that was the key essence of democracy. I, I felt like well, perhaps big... um, voting. But I, I'll, I'll quote him in full, that all visitors to these teeming shores be safe, be they peasant or king. So something for everyone in there. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and maybe that's a link back to the Lady Freedom because that's like the Gotham version of the Statue of Liberty. Oh, is that right? The Queen of Freedom Monument. Yeah, you didn't yeah, pick that, that one. up? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a beautiful ode to the power of immigration. Indeed, and Lady Liberty. It's friendship that counts and admiration for your great country. To America. 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 It is funny that you should mention the current occupant of the White House because there is a beauty pageant scene in, in this, this week's first episode. The new Miss Galaxy, Julia Davis. And the Riddler makes a quite disturbing entrance, actually, to um, hoik off the top of the winning beauty pageant's head, the tiara. And he plants a very unwanted kiss yeah. on her mouth mm. as he does so. That was quite alarming. No jokes. It really was. I didn't care for that. Yeah. He definitely forced himself on her. And not, not in a fun Adrian Brody, Halle Berry kind of way either. Maybe not as extreme as Trump's grab style. yes. Yeah. But it, but it was up there. I mean, mm. you have to say um, 
sort of Batman and Robin side of stage seem to be enjoying themselves. <laughs> Yeah, as take, well. take a picture to last longer, fellas. <laughs> yeah, I know. And on that front, um, and I guess he's where the 50-year-old episodes come into their own, the beauty pageant, the the ladies didn't even get to change before they were crowned from the swimsuit category. So mm. they're, <laughs> they're just up there in their cozies, which that, are lovely. That may have been the style, only category. Well, this is we'll true. We'll never know. <laughs> I dare say it probably was. <laughs> I'm finding so far that there is a, a sexy lady thing happening in all of these episodes. There's always some kind of presence of a sexy lady. Yeah. <laughs> Which seems weird in a children's show. No? I'll never understand why girls like you get involved in things like this. Kicks, I guess. It's definitely a thing. I welcome it. <laughs> uh, what was Alfred putting on the bat poles at the beginning? I think he was polishing them. Yeah, I'm Sprucing going with polishing. Okay. Giving not, them, greasing not, them? Yes, I, I thought maybe they were being lubed. You don't want pole burn, right? No, you got to no. get down there pretty quick once the bat phone rings. Yeah, you want some nice shine as well. Mm. Check your teeth on the way down there. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my favourite parts is when um, Batman types at whatever the hell that contraption is while he's pulling up the data. I'm going to call it the bat computer right yeah sure but he he does the old and they don't show his hands right because it's just supposed to sound like he's typing or whatever but it's just Gotham city and the water and power plant exact location and size and we get more doppelgangers we get another batman another faux batman yeah is sent in by the riddler to try and fool the commissioner. but I, I think was it, convinced. Well, I mean, he filled out the bat suit a little more than... I, I was like, how's Adam West in two places at the one time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was some split screen, actually. How do they do that? But, Batman, we discussed the... I never had the pleasure of meeting Batman, Commissioner. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, Batman, this is my good friend, Bruce Wayne. Ah, the millionaire socialite. I've always wanted to meet you, Mr. Wayne. The feeling is mutual. Um, nice try, Riddler. Where did he get such an <coughs> awesome uh, bat costume? And why, why doesn't this happen more often? And where can you get one? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's the same costume, it looked like. Yeah. Because they had the opportunity, I guess, when they were going to kill Batman. If they knew this was part of the plan, they could have stripped him off at that point, both discovering his true identity and saving themselves a trip to the tailor. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Why um, were all the lackeys eating just chunks of cheese? What's this, River Rat? Munching cheese while there's work to be done? Sorry, Riddler, but we got hungry. Oh, indeed. I felt like the River Rat oh. gang, right? Is that right? Mm -hmm. they, they came from, like, the Rent-A-Thug kind yeah. of temp agency. Right. And the one that re really related to the Riddler... Were, like he couldn't find anything directly related to him. Like, you know, like the question marks brothers were, you know, kind of on holiday that week or something. So he just went for these, these rat dudes. Yeah. A little lazy, I thought. Yeah. Mm. But I did like the rat boy who offered the king a some Chunk cheese. cheese. <laughs> yeah. But he would only drink it with port. That's exactly. right. You want a piece of cheese? Not without a good vintage pot, you lackey. It's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was cultured indeed. from well. Europe. He um, made sure when he attended the Royal Mushroom Club that he uh, had to try the wines. Exactly. They were some of the finest wines in the world. Well, well, 
Chateau Le Duc 29. Oh, I didn't know there was any left. I'm very much impressed. Mm. Um, and some of the most lax security yeah. in the world. How, how does a club become known as the Royal Mushroom Club? Where does know. that name come from? What, what does this club do? Is this because they have something to do with mushrooms or did they just think it was a cool name? I think it was a way to tie in back with the, with the riddle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think know, they overly thought too much about it. It's not, so it's not a reference to um, hallucinogenic drugs. There's no doubt about it. Ooh, I like that. Pretty trippy, dude. Let's not rule yeah. it out. Um, we know what the writers of this show were on when they mm-hmm. wrote this episode. <laughs> there is a, there's a presence throughout a lot of these episodes of an American obsession with royalty, but not nondescript royalty. These mm-hmm. are just kind of rich princesses and kings and, yeah. and who the yeah, hell. from, from Europe land. Yeah. I did like how um, King Boris. Boris, when he landed, he <laughs> tried to flatter the Gothamites with um, how great their air was <laughs> and, yeah. and it killed. Oh, didn't it? He knows how yeah. to read the room, that one. Um, yeah. yeah, the turbulence stopped once he was in American airspace. Yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> I loved when we get to the Queen of Freedom monument and there's some nondescript torch ceremony, that's pretty much why he came maybe. I love the over-explanation of why the Queen of Freedom monument looks like a TV studio <laughs> in that it's the torch room but it's high inside the inspiring monument. So to all intents and purposes... They're in a TV studio, but just for the for the viewers at Some home. Kids would have been questioning that. Exactly. And then they would have heard that and went, huh. uh, yeah, okay. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Checks out. In the last fight, there's a very cool POV shot of Robin kicking somebody in the face, mm. which I hadn't seen yet in any of these episodes. I thought that was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And I also liked his now we're going to deactivate you line. Now we're going to deactivate you. Yeah, and uh, he um, made some decent chess moves as well. That's right. I wasn't across those, but uh, I was watching Dick's um, Balua jumper. I thought that was a good winner in that scene. So we'd like to ask our guests to take us on their bat journey. Right. I assume you have some sort of affinity for Batman based on those pajamas. Yeah, uh, and I like sleeping. (laughs) True. Um, What was your first connection to Batman? Who's your favorite Batman? That's what I want to know. For me, the the Batman discovery was probably the 1989 Batman movie. Mm -hmm. I think that Michael Keaton really brought the, the furrow to the role. That man has fantastic furrow. Mm. He brought his furrow game. And then I feel like because then when they moulded the mask, they gave that the furrow. <laughs> yeah. And that has lived on with every Batman since. So, you know, I think um, Michael Keaton has left a, a lasting legacy. He also, I feel like he's got good lips. I think that's a sort of under-talked-about part of what makes a great Batman. What do you think of Val Kilmer's lips? He's oh, well, got... Val Kilmer, he's got too much lips going on. Yeah, they're enormous. Yeah. Like I think you sort of didn't want to fight him, you just wanted to kiss him. Yes. Whereas, you know, you're kind of, uh, you're George Clooney's and you're Ben Affleck's. It's not really about the lips, it's just the chin. Yeah. Can we please have no more thin-lipped Batman? (laughs) Well, it's what they do with the lip. 
the lip curl, like you're saying. Like it's, oh, yeah. it's not so much the size of the lip, but Keaton, oh, I hear what you're saying. The Keaton mm. lip curl. I was hanging out with a guy who was like in the year ahead of me, so it was like the coolest guy ever in um, in 1999. And um, there were some things he was into. He was into um, Lego. Mm -hmm. He was into Phantom of the Opera. He was into um, Ninja Turtles, but not the cartoon, the original Eastman and Laird black and white violent comics. Mm. And uh, he was into Batman. So, um, So that got me in. And then I feel like it was only after that that I saw... The sixty TV show because I think, I think that with the whole Batmania going on, it had been brought back on TV around that time. Okay, and uh, and then having kind of fallen for, you know, gritty dark adaptation of Batman, uh, I sort of reacted against the sixties show. Oh, I, I was kind of like, uh, what is this? It's not cool. Yeah, you were way already, too cool for school. You wanted Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you think about it, like the Batman movie ushered in this whole gritty, dark reboot mm-hmm. world. And then that's when uh, the Schumacher movies came out that was like trying to bring a bit of that back. And I didn't want any of that. Yeah, right. That's interesting. So when you watch these episodes, did you, you didn't feel any kind of pull of nostalgia then? No, like I, I was into everything Batman, so I was, you know, aware of the show and would watch a bit of the show, but it didn't represent my Batman. Right, Whereas right. Whereas the animated series that came out after the 89 Batman, that was um, much more the Batman world to me. So how, where do you put Adam West as a Batman? See, this is the thing. I think any good Batman needs a Batman voice. So there, there needs to be the Bruce Wayne voice and then the, I'm Batman. Oh, the, yeah. the, see, this is the other thing that I think Michael, Michael Keaton brought. He brought the sort of, I'm constipated voice to Batman. Whereas Adam West only does one voice. There's a kind of William Shatner school of yes. talking with dramatic pauses. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but where's the gravelly voice? That's that's my question. I didn't think Michael Keaton had a really gravelly voice, yeah, does yeah. he? Yeah. I think okay. he introduced that. And then Christian Bale maybe took it a bit oh, too far. He's, yeah, yeah, he's taken kind it and of run with it. Like people are just kind of like, um, Batman, can you clear your throat? Yeah, he's like, chest infection more than... What, what are you talking about? Yeah. But then I thought it was smart... In, you know, for all the things I didn't like about the Batman Superman movie, that they that he's got a voice modulator disguiser thing. Right. Like that, I was like, oh, yeah, well, that's that's kind of, that actually makes sense more than just some dude who puts on a costume and then says, but you won't know it's me because I talk like this. <laughs> so is your favourite Batman then also after all the movies have happened, Lego Batman, etc.? After they've all come out, is Michael Keaton still your favorite? Well, I think he was like the kicking off point. I think I got into some of the comic book representations after that. Because mm-hmm. like when I was a kid, I'm not going to pretend I was a um, real comic book fan. Like I, I love comics, but I, I'm not a collector or anything. But 
you know, I had some, and I think this is like so off Batman canon, but I had this comic book that I loved, which was Batman versus Judge Dredd. That, right. that, it was familiar. it was so fantastically great, and it was um, the artist was a British guy Simon Beasley who um, does these painted artworks, mm-hmm. and he the way that he drew Batman or painted Batman is sort of very exaggerated. So the the ears are massive, and the spikes coming off the gloves are massive, and the cape's got it like life of its own going on and that, that was some good stuff. That's yeah. almost like the real Batman to me. Okay. Well, I'm sure that's somewhere in the DC Extended Universe and we can see that coming down the track, the live action <laughs> version of that one. But, but, but I'll have you back on when it comes yeah. out. What's your favourite Batman? I'm curious. Um, well, well, I, I have to again default to the Michael Keaton. Like he, um, Great furrow. Well, I mean it's all about I learned my furrow from <laughs> Michael Keaton. Um, How much of it is about Michael Keaton as Batman versus Michael Keaton as a... Because he's probably the best performer of all those people, right? Just generally. Uh, Well, I don't rule out Adam West either. I think, you know, they're battling in my head because I think the Michael Keaton was the first one I saw. But then again, I I don't know exactly where I saw it, but I did see these original Batman. As a child? Yeah, yeah. I must have been after school or, or whenever it was on. But I sort of lumped that into my general love of 60s sitcoms and, you know, sort of in The Munsters and Adam's Family and with that and Hill, Beverly Hillbillies with the sort of sped up motion of the bat, bat, um, mobile coming out of those bushes en route to Gotham City. So, yeah, I have a special place in my heart for those ones. But in terms of the best Batman, I don't think I can go past Michael Keaton. Yeah. Those yeah, movies and the Prince soundtrack and just remember, I remember, you know, doing my homework to to the soundtrack and whatnot. Um, yeah, it's just a strong. And having rewatched them, I think it holds up. I think that first Batman. What about Ben Affleck? Oh, well, I mean, those he movies aren't great. He may not be doing it anymore, according to his brother. Let <laughs> me backtrack a little bit. Does he want the role? So yeah, yeah. It's it's a bit of mum, mumbly Batman, Casey Affleck. I'm going to fight the Joker. impressions today. <laughs> Loving it. <laughs> it's a regular Michael Winslow over there. Which is your favorite Bat property? Bat, no, Bat movie, let's say. Well, the first it, one, the Tim Burton one. Yeah. You like that one more mm. than the Batman Returns? Batman yes. Returns. It's it's all about Batman Returns. For Batman me. Returns. Is yeah. Great. Like uh, that's when it sort of clicked over because because I think you know they're still kind of finding their feet in that that first Batman and and Joker like Jack Nicholson's probably like he's he's probably to me leaning too far to the '60s kind of maniacal laugh mm. villain, but then I, I think it's really Michelle Pfeiffer in. In Batman yeah. Returns for a whole right. lot of reasons. What, um, do you, I don't, what do you mean? What are you saying? I, I, I don't know. You seem to be the one picking up on sexy lady. Uh, yeah, can we not? Um, she is great in that role. She's a wonderful person. But because obviously you get her origin story mm. and I think that feels like the kind of... You, you want the the villains to sort of feel as multidimensional as Batman. Mm. And she brings that. It sort of also was the beginning of the jewel villains in Batman movies. It was sort of a good and bad thing, I think. And then that, because then there was 
Two Face and the Riddler. Mm. And then who was it? The in... Penguin. And then Poison Ivy and, and Mr. Freeze. Freeze. Right. And Bane. And Bane. Jesus. Talking yeah. about voice yeah, yeah. modulations. <laughs> um, I won't attempt that one. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> we like to wrap things up by bringing it back to the show and going around and um, and finding out what we learned from these episodes this week. Fiona, what bat lessons did you bat learn? Well, I, I was struggling with this one a bit um, because, if I may, I feel like they may have been bat phoning it in a little bit. Oh. What? I don't know. This wasn't the strongest one for me, these episodes. Um you realise your microphone is on, right? <laughs> Hot mic, sorry. Um, they wrapped it up a little quickly and I know they were never big on explaining exactly how people get away and whatnot, but, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, next. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't learn any big life lesson, is that what you're saying? I'm not entirely sure that I did. Well, I, I solved a couple of riddles. That's, that's really disappointing that's that, that from an episode of Batman that, that it didn't change your life. I'm, I'm really sorry for you. For, for me, I'll tell you what, my, what I learned today. Even if you have all the technological advances in the world, you shouldn't let that make you lazy. Okay. E- even if you've got a bat computer at your disposal, <laughs> sometimes the phone book will do. This is true, yes. What's a phone book? Kids, look that one up. Yes, ask your parents. There are some things we can do the good old-fashioned way, using the telephone book. <sighs> Must be getting lazy. I've got one. Um, sometimes when people uh, want to describe their excitement, a king, uh, say, uh, you'll describe it as as feeling like a small boy looking at expensive bicycles. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite line. Which is not at all uncomfortable <laughs> or... Um, it. It's aspirational. It's, you too could have a. Why is it a small boy? <laughs> I but feel like in his, in his kingdom, expensive. In, in his kingdom, boys are banned from riding bicycles, so it's really apt for him. Are they all gold plated Don't or something? It. It's a small child without the means, but the hopes and the dreams and the aspirations to one day have that big shiny bicycle. Well, that's that was a big that was a big takeaway for me. I think there's mm. something in that for all of us. SBS channel manager Ben Newen, thank you so much for stopping by. My pleasure. Where can we find you on Twitter, Ben? That's cesspool of hate. Right. Uh, You can direct your mean tweets to at Ben underscore Sid, spelled (laughs) S-Y-D. I really thought that one through. Yeah. (laughs) No one told me I was going to be announcing it. (laughs) I didn't realise that was a Twitter prerequisite. That handle um, again. Ben underscore Sid spelled S Y D. For Sydney. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Fiona, where can we find you? Where can we send um, our hate? <laughs> ben underscore Sid. Um, now, I also didn't actually anticipate this being announced on air anytime soon, but uh, I am at anything but Fifi. As in, you can call me anything but Fifi because I hate it. At anything but Fifi. And I'm at Haters, Nick. you know exactly what to call it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just, just, just told you. <laughs> Red rag to a ball. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, I'm at Nick Bassine, and this has been Batman Land. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs>